This is your brother in the faith, Pastor Byron Curry with BKC Lifeline Ministries, and we are so excited for one more time. The old saints used to say, one more time, one more time, I'm glad to be in the number, one more time. Come on, somebody. This is BKC Lifeline Ministry with conversation to live by. We are so excited to be able to have this opportunity to be able to share with you and to be able to do what God has called us to do. And I'm so excited to be able to share this with you. Good morning to each and every one of you in the faith, those ones who are deciding to be in the faith, those ones who are watching for the first time. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Lifeline Ministry. Listen, I am so, so super excited about this message today that we're going to share. And so we want you all ready to start sharing, 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 sharing. Go ahead and start 
getting people to come on to this conversation. This conversation is going to be phenomenal. Listen, it's going to be inspiring. It's going to be encouraging. It's going to be uplifting. And I want you to have as many people to be uplifted and inspired as you are going to be today. Listen, uh, YouTube family, Facebook family, iHeart family, Firestick, Roku, Apple TV, Amazon. Listen, we are excited that you are here. There is a blessing God has in store for you. He's already given you one by waking you up this morning and starting you on another day with new mercy, brand new mercy he gives every morning. And guess what? He's giving it to you today. Let's celebrate the Lord today. Let's celebrate him and give him praise because if it had not been for the Lord on our side, listen, we all would not be up on this broadcast today. So let's give God praise. Let me see those heart emojis go up. Let me see those, those thank you, Jesus, praise the Lord in the comments. Come on, let's magnify the name of the Lord because he's worthy to be praised. He's worthy to be adored. Listen, he's been faithful and on his job every time. Listen, he has been a rewarder to those ones who diligently seek him. As many of you on here can tell me of great things that God has done for you and fulfilled it fulfilled for you in your life. And so I'm so excited about what God is releasing in this hour and in this season. Eyes have been uh, seen, neither ears have heard, neither have it entered into the hearts of man. What God has in store for us who love him. So right now, get on your phones, text somebody, let somebody know that this conversation is getting ready to start and they do not want to miss this conversation. I'm going for a commercial break really quickly. I'll be right back after these commercial breaks, but get somebody in right now. Here's your time to get somebody patched in into this conversation because they don't want to miss what God is going to allow us to encounter by this word. See you in just a moment.
All right, everyone, we're back. We're back and we're here to give God glory, honor and praise for the things that he has done. I'm so super excited about what God is going to do in your life. Listen, I'm trying to get my clothes together. (laughs) Uh, But I'm so excited about what God is going to do. So listen, beloved, so let's get into this conversation because I promise you it's going to be a conversation that you do want to hear. Let's go in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for this opportunity and this time to be refreshed, to be quickened and made alive, Father God, by your word. It is not the alarm clock. Excuse me, Father. Uh, It's not by the alarm clock that woke us up. It's not by, Father God, our own will and purpose that we woke up this morning. But, Father God, it is by your will and it's by your way and it's by your divine purpose. I pray, Father God, in the name of Jesus, for these ones that's on this live today, that, Father God, that you will, Father God, by your spirit, Father God, awaken them to, Father God, what's going to be going on on today. Keep them alert. Keep them watchful. I pray for the dispatching of your angels that, Father God, they'll be encamped around about those ones who fear you, protecting them from dangers seen and unseen. Father God, I pray, Father God, that the, the Holy Spirit will, Father God, be our compass, Father God, to lead and direct us through this day today. Navigate us through, Father God, those troublesome times through those, uh, Father God, uh, traps that the enemy have set for us. I pray, Father God, that we're not overtaken or overwhelmed by what's going to happen today, but that, Father God, that we continually be uh, watchful, diligent in what you are speaking to us, and, Father God, that we may do what God is pleasing in your sight. At the end of it all, Father God, we will give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. Now, God, open up our ears, our eyes, and open up our understanding to receive your wisdom on today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Glory to God, everybody. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. Listen, I am ready. Are you ready? Are you ready? Listen, I want to read this first before I go any further into this conversation. It is in Revelations 22 and 17. Revelations 22 and 17. The Holy Spirit inspired me to read this before we get into our conversation and we will probably be hearing this um, until he tells us to stop. But the Bible says, watch this in Revelations 22 and 17. It says, and the spirit and the bride says, come. And let him that heareth say, come. And let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. What the Father inspired me through the Holy Ghost this morning to tell you in regards to these conversations we have every morning is that this is something that you yourself have to be willing to receive yourself. The water of life is given to us freely, but I cannot make you drink. I cannot force this on you. We heard the old saying of the world that you can bring the horse to the water, but you can't force the horse to drink. These these conversations we're having is conversations to inspire, to uplift, to encourage you to seek God even more with your relationship. Uh, to bridge that gap in your relationship between you and God. But I cannot force you to take this free gift, this free water of life. I can't make you drink it. 
So as we get ready to go into this conversation, listen, we may disagree. We may be on point with each other. But at the end of the day, we all must have a relationship with God. All right. So let's get into this word. We're going to be in 2 Corinthians 6 and 13 through 18. 6, chapter 6. And we're going to read verse 13 through 18. Amen, somebody. So it says, now for a recompense in the same, I speak as unto my children, be ye also enlarged, be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? And what commune, uh, communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth, uh, believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separated, says the Lord, and touch not the unclean things and I will receive you. And will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. May God add a blessing to the hearers and the doers of his most holy words. And we get into this conversation again. Go ahead and put somebody in on this conversation because it's going to be a amazing conversation. OK, so I want to deal with the topic this morning that the, the Lord gave me. What is the requirement to be a be sons and daughters of God? What is the requirement to be the sons and daughters of God? There are a lot of us that are, are wanting to be the sons and daughters of God. There are a lot of us that are the sons and daughters of God. Um, the question is for a lot of people. Well, how is it if they're not or some of them are some people believe that they are sons and daughters of the, the most high God and they're not. And there are some people who don't believe that they are, but they are. And we have to really have an understanding of not what man feels is a requirement to be the sons and daughters of the most high or not what our organizations believe that we ought to be um, uh, to be the sons and the daughters of the most high. But we must know from God himself what his requirement is for us to be his sons and daughters. Listen, beloveds, God has a requirement and this requirement must be fulfilled in order for us to be who we are desiring to be. And remember, I read in Revelation, the Bible said, whosoever will receive the waters of life freely, they can have it. 
And the Bible says in John uh, 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whomsoever shall believe in him shall not perish. You keep seeing that, that whosoever, it doesn't matter your background, what color you are. If, if you want to come to God, you have the right to. If you want a relationship with God, you have a right to. The Bible says in Jeremiah that God is the God of all flesh. He is the God of all living. He is the God of every nationality, every color. Listen, he created all of us. The Bible said we were wonderfully and fearfully made by God. So, but we all, as we know it, humanity has fallen from the grace of God. Humanity has been detached or separated from the relationship with God. But it was not a, a disconnect or a severing from God forever. For God, the Bible said, made a way of escape for humanity that humanity will not be damned to hell or to be um, separated from him for eternity. When God made hell, beloveds, he did not make hell for humanity. He made hell for the devil and his angels. But because humanity would not submit themselves or humble themselves to the obedience of what God asked of them to do, the requirements of God, the Bible lets us know that hell starts to enlarge itself for humanity. Listen, beloveds, it's time for us to take accountability and responsibility for our actions. It is time for us to really look at God in, this, in, the, in the sense of what he is putting before us and we being able to see him as he is. Listen, beloveds, accountability. How many of you know it's time for us to be accountable? What is accountability? I'm glad you asked me. Accountability is responsibility for your decision or actions and expect to explain them when you are asked. We were talking about on yesterday about how Every man, every woman is going to stand before God, stand before the judgment seat of Christ. There's no reason for us to even get into a place where we think we can judge one another. I don't care what an individual is doing. I don't care what an individual says. At the end of the day, every man has to give an account to what he or she does in their body. Let me go back and read uh, this here. In 2 Corinthians 5 and 9, it says, Wherefore we labor, that where pre where, whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat, uh, uh, the judgments, judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may re receive the thing done in the body. Listen, beloveds, we're not going to escape God. We may escape one another, but we will not escape God. Watch this according to that he has done, whether it be good or bad. So, beloveds, 
We all have to be before the judgment seat of Christ. And so we do not have permission to judge one another. I don't care what you've done. You can be an habitual liar. You can be one who steals. You can be one who is in a... uh, in in a relationship that is not healthy, according to the scriptures. Listen, beloveds, at the end of the day, who am I? I can't put you in heaven or hell, but I know someone who can. Hello, somebody. The Bible said, fear not the one who can just do something to the body, but fear the one who can do uh, something to the body and cast your soul into hell. Who is that? The Lord Almighty the maker of all things, the creator of the heavens and the earth. He is the one that can put us in a place that we do not want to be. Listen, beloveds. So the Bible says also in uh, Matthew chapter seven, it says, judge judge ye not for whatever you judge another one with, that thing will be meet or measured back to you. So listen, beloveds. We reap what we sow. We talked about this a little bit on yesterday. We reap what we sow. So guess what, beloveds? We have to be extra careful on how we handle our relationships one with another. It's very important. Why is it very important? Because the two commandments that was given, all the law and the prophets were hung on it. The first one was, is loving the Lord thy God and keeping him as God and no one else. For he is a jealous God and he says, put no one before him. But we must love the Lord with all our heart, with all our minds, with all our soul, with all our strength. Listen, beloveds, it takes something to be in relationship with God and it's going to take something to be in relationship with each other. The second one is like unto it, the Bible says. Love your neighbor as yourself. You know how difficult it is to love yourself. So how is it that you thinking you're going to be able to love your neighbor so freely and luck and happy go lucky when you having problems with loving yourself? Listen, beloveds, we want to do a whole lot of stuff for people. We have that part of us that is compassionate. We have that part of us that loves. We have that part that we'll go out of our way. But will you do that for yourself first? Will you love yourself unconditionally? Will you love yourself to the place where you make sure you don't put yourself in harm's way? Will you love yourself enough to bring yourself out of things that is not good for your life? Well, if you do that, then you will be helpful to somebody else. But if you don't do that for your own self, boy, your neighbor is going to be in trouble. Boy, my neighbor. Is going to be in trouble if I cannot see these things for myself. Can I get a witness right there? So the Bible lets us know that we there are two relationships that we must really actually focus on and capitalize on. We must capitalize first and foremost on our relationship with God. Well, matter of fact, three relationships. We must first capitalize on the relationship that we have with God. Secondly, we must capitalize on the relationship we have with ourselves. Then we must capitalize on the relationship that we have one with another. Listen, beloveds. Now, getting back to being these sons and daughters of the most high God. Listen, we don't be sons and daughters just because we say that out of our mouths. We don't become sons and daughters just because we think it. 
We don't be sons and daughters just because we hang out with some that we believe that are sons and daughters. Listen, Paul was talking to the Corinth church. And in this particular chapter, in chapter six, Paul was basically actually given uh, this fervent love that he had for these individuals and was sharing with them that there were some things that was going to happen to them as they are sons and daughters of God or are they're walking in the fashion in which God is telling them to walk. There are some things that was going to happen. There were some things they were experiencing still being saved. Can somebody say, there are some things I'm going to still experience. Come on. There are some things. Come on. Can y'all put that down under your name? There are some things I'm still going to experience. Just because you're saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost doesn't mean that everything is going to pass your life. You're not going to be in, uh, affected by uh, some uh, a lot of the things that go on in the world. I'm sorry. We're in the world and we're not of the world as Jesus was in the world and not of the world. But what makes us different in the world and causes the world to hate us and we get treated in a certain kind of way? Jesus said it in his prayer to his father. He says, the word father that you've given me to give them, this word has caused them to be hated by the world. Listen, beloveds, the very word that you're holding, the very word that you're trying to live out is the very word that's complicating your life. Okay, let me say that again. The very word that you're living, the very word that you're trying to live out in your life and come complete in obedience to, uh, according to what your God and Father said to you, is the thing that's complicating your life. People have, the world has murdered Jesus. Are you understanding what I'm saying? There are people, there are men that do not believe in Jesus Christ being the Son of God. They do not believe that Jesus Christ came with the gospel of truth that will make us free. And so they murdered Jesus. And those ones who confess or those ones who try to live a life of completeness and how he told us to follow him, listen, we're going to be the same like man. He says the servant is not greater than his Lord. Hello, somebody. And so therefore, the reason why you're having complications, the reason why I'm having complications is because the same Jesus that lived this out is the same Jesus that's living inside of us. Abide in me and I'll abide in you. You can ask the father what you will and it'll be done unto you simply because the same manner of treatment that Jesus got, the father going to see you getting it in the earth. Oh my God, from Zion. So let's listen to what Paul says. Paul says to the Corinth church, um, I want to go up a, a few, a few scriptures. Um, and I want to read, read what he says in verse 10. As sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. As poor, yet making many rich. As having nothing, and yet possessing all things. Oh, ye Corinthians, our mouths are open unto you. Our hearts is enlarged. Paul was saying to them, I see your, your condition. I see your position. I see what you're dealing with. Hello, somebody. That's all we want. Can I get a witness on here? That's all we want. We want somebody to understand and know what we're dealing with and what we're going through in the run of a day. Listen, I'm saved. I'm sanctified. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. Yes, I have a burning fire to fire to follow the Lord, but I do have some things that I'm dealing with. I'm dealing with, watch this, being sorrowful sometimes because there's some things that, that, that causes me sorrow. 
I don't like the world that I'm living in. I don't like what I see happening in the world. I don't like how things are playing out in the world. But watch this, yet always rejoicing. Why? Because the same God yesterday is the same God today and forevermore. He encourages his people in the midst of their sorrow. He gives us a garment of praise for that garment of heaviness. Hello, somebody. God is always encouraging us because he knows we are living in a world that always discourage us, discourage us at times. Watch what Paul says. I need y'all to catch this. As poor, all of us are not financially where we want to be. All of us uh, don't may not have, not a lot of us, I'll put a lot of us, a lot of us may not be financially where we want to be or may not be in the status of other people. Hello, somebody. And that may be naturally. But what about some people who have the financial stuff naturally don't have what you have spiritually? The Bible says, blessed are they that are poor in spirit for they shall inherit the kingdom. There's a lot of rich people out here that are poor. There's a lot of poor people out here that are rich. They're rich. The poor people are rich in spirit. God is trying to get us to be rich in spirit, not so much rich in the natural, because just like Job, you can be up today and then life happens and it snatches everything away that had you comfortable in life. So don't just be seeking after carnal riches and don't get your soul enriched. Don't get your spirit enriched because you can go out here and you can be a millionaire. You can go out here today, hit something, and then all of a sudden you're a millionaire. But then after that, how is your soul? Can your soul handle being a millionaire? What do you mean? Can my soul handle being a millionaire? Yeah, my soul can handle being a millionaire. Can you handle being a millionaire and then in three to six months, you back poor again? Hello, somebody. Can you handle that? Are you rich enough in you to say if the money's here or the money's not there, I'm still good? Do I do I have about 25 people on here to say I'm still good? I'm still good whether I have money in the bank or I don't have money in the bank because my God, my Bible says, shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. If I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, watch this, to be a good steward and things still don't work out financially for me, then guess what? God will make my needs be met according to his riches and glory. This is how we ought to be teaching the gospel, but we find ourselves most of the time not being taught the gospel like this. We only teach it one-sided, and we want you to get all of the riches of the kingdom of glory, uh, of kingdom of God that make you outwardly in the natural look like you rich, but inwardly, you are depleted of joy and happiness and security and satisfaction. Hello, somebody. But I want it inwardly as well as me having it outwardly. That if anything happens to my outward stuff, my inward, good God Almighty, hallelujah to the Lamb of God. My inward would be all right. I can still say to the God, give it and the, the Lord take it and the Lord, the Lord give it and the Lord take it away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That's what I can say. Hello, somebody. When they repossess my car, oh, let, let me go down the street for a little bit. Let me stay right here for a little bit. The Holy Ghost unctioning me uh -huh, to stay right here for a little bit. When they repossess my car, I'm not going to have a pity party and don't go to work. The Lord give it 
The Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Yes, I got a nice little bonus. Oh, my stimulus came. I had a whole bunch of money. Now I'm right back to the square root one. But guess what? The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Yes, I had a house. They gave me my my letter. Now I got to put my, my house going in foreclosure. Oh, instead of me panicking, oh, we need to do like Job. The Lord giveth, <laughs> the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Why? Because if he did it that time, he can do it again. I believe it was uh my boy Ty Trippin saying, if he did it before, he can do it again. Listen, if you lost that house, he can give you another one and give you another one better than the one you just lost. If you lost that car, he can give you another car better than the car you just lost. If you lost that money, he can give you better money than you had before. But guess what? You got to trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him, Sister Bang, and he, oh, I feel like this hat about to come off today, y'all, but he shall strengthen your heart. Listen, beloveds, listen, the brother says, yet making many rich. Yeah, you're going to work. Yeah, you're sending, I used to say, I used to say when I went to my job, I'm sending my, um, I'm sending my boss to send his kids to college. Anybody ever say that? I'm coming out here working all hard, not getting no raise, sending their kids to college, and I can't even send my kids to college. Yes, you're making somebody else rich. Some of you going on somebody else's job where you're going to get disrespected, but you still got to put in that work. You're going to be overlooked, but you still got to put in that work, and you're making somebody else rich. You barely making it off your check. Paul was telling the Corinthian church, I know what's going on in your life. I know what the economy, what kind of pressure the economy is putting on your life. I know what kind of pressure your job putting on you. But he says, hold on, wait a minute. Let me put some God in it. God, <laughs> let me tell you, God will do exceedingly abundantly above what you can ask a thing according to the power that worketh in you. What's working in you? Do you have his word in you? Do you have that faith in you? Faith come by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Is that faith in you where you can look at your circumstance on the outside and say, it's not going to determine me moving forward. That woman, if she didn't listen to the prophet, that Shulamite woman didn't listen to that prophet. She would have ate that cake. Y'all ain't saying that. Oh, come on, somebody. She would have ate that cake with us and died. But listen, listen, she trusted God with the little she have. What? How many of us going to start trusting God with the little we have? We looking at everybody else, looking across the fence at everybody else. But when you going to start saying, God, I'm offering you what I have. When are you going to start saying, I trust you, Lord, with what I have and let God do what he needs to do in your life? Let me move on. Let me move on a little bit more here. Watch what he says as having nothing. I know there's some people on here who look at this and say, I don't have nothing. Listen, you might not have nothing. Listen, but you have God. Listen, and if you have God, you have everything. You're looking at the natural stuff you don't have. Well, I'm still catching the bus to work. I don't have a car. Catch that bus, because guess what? You catching that bus trusting God, God going to soon have you to get the things that belong to 
to you. See, God's looking for active faith. The Bible said without faith, it's impossible to please God. So you wanting God to do all of these things, but you're not having faith in him that he can do it. Listen, it's going to take some time. Can somebody type under your name? It's going to take some time. Y'all ain't hearing me. Type under your name with exclamation points. It's going to take some time. Time. Listen, the Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. He knows you waiting on him is going to exhaust you sometime because you still got a world that's putting pressure on you. But listen, beloved, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Listen, he's going to give you wings to get above the situation that you're in, above your economic standard. He's going to get you, Lord have mercy, he's going to get you wings to fly over your poverty state. He's going to get you wings to get up over that that relationship issue. He's going to give you wings to get over that report that you got. Who report shall you believe? I guess you will believe the Lord's report when you're flying over the report that you used to be living in. Hello, somebody. I need somebody to give God some praise right here. Listen, beloveds, he says, having nothing, looking at your outward and looking at what you don't have, God says, I have you in this instance. Watch what he says, and yet possessing all things. So Paul was trying to tell them, listen, when you have God, you possess all things. Don't let what you don't have in the natural make you think you don't have nothing. How in the world can you have God who's a who has a the cattle of a thousand hills? Who the scripture says the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof and and the world and they that dwell therein. How how can you not have how can you have God and not have all things and you looking at the stuff everybody else have listen beloveds you have everything in God and God will listen it ain't a maybe it ain't an if it ain't a, it, he shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory do you hear that uh, mother pain do you hear that John do you hear that uh, 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 Sister Tina, do you hear what I'm saying to you? So Paul is telling the Corinth church, listen, there's some, there's a recompense. Now recompense, it normally deals with money, paying for something, paying someone for the suffering that they had, giving them their pay for the something that they went through. Watch this. Well, Paul wasn't looking for the people to pay him because Paul went through a lot of stuff to bring the gospel to the current church. He went through a lot of stuff to bring them the good news. The Bible lets us know before Paul even had his ministry handed to him, Jesus told Ananias that there was going to be some things that Paul suffered for his name's sake. So Paul, if you do the, the history on Paul, Paul suffered trying to get good news to people who were in a bad state, who was in a bad fix, who was in a poor state. Paul suffered to get that gospel to them. And he was like, okay, so my recompense, what I want is, is this. He says, I want the children to be enlarged. In other words, I want you to grow. Hello, somebody. I'm on here every morning on Lifeline because I want people to grow. I'm not on here to get no likes. I'm not on here to have you to lift me up. I'm not on here to get uh, get just your financial stuff from, from you. I'm here because I want you to grow. Paul says, I want you to grow. I want you to develop. I want you to outgrow your situation. I need somebody to type under your name. I felt that one in the Holy Ghost. Oh, that's an empowerment. That's an enrichment part right there. I want you to stick under your name with exclamation points. I'm about to outgrow my situation. 
I'm about to enlarge in my situation. I'm going to enlarge so that my situation can't hold me captive. Good God Almighty. That's a prophetic word for somebody right there. I'm getting ready to outgrow my situation, enlarge myself in my situation that my situation can no longer imprison me. Y'all ain't saying that. My mindset won't be able to imprison me. My finances won't be able to imprison me. My relationships won't be able to imprison me. Am I talking to somebody right here? Paul says, enlarge yourself. Good God Almighty. Wait, 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 wait. Watch what he says. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Watch this. Good God Almighty. For, uh, uh, let me read that again. It says, be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship have righteousness with unrighteousness and what communion had light with darkness. Now, here we go. Here's what God unctioned the man of God to share with the children at Corinth. And I'm going to share this with you all who are the church. Watch the company that you keep because all company is not good company. Okay, let me say that again. Watch the company that you keep because all company is not good company. And watch this. God himself is judging your company. God himself is looking at your company. And watch what this brother says. Don't be unequally yoked. Now, you guys is going to trip off of this right here. Listen, beloved, sister Yarday. Good God Almighty. Listen what it says right here. I want you to look at this. Uh, uh, unequal. It means in which people are treating treated in different ways or having different advantages in a way that seems unfair. Let me read that again. In which people are treated in different ways or having different advantages in a way that seems unfair. Now let's look at yoke. Okay, to bring two people, countries, ideas, etc., together so that they are forced in a close relationship. Now, the yoke also means that there is a yoke that they put on animals, or you will also see uh, horses that are compared to one or, or put side by side with one another. There's a yoke that go on their neck that keeps them together to walk together. What does it look like you trying to hook a horse to a goat? You trying to put a yoke on a horse and a, 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 a goat and have them to walk together. That ain't going to work, my brothers. That's not going to work, my sisters. Or you trying to get, uh, let's see, you're trying to get a dog hooked to a pig, yoking them together to get them to walk together. It's not going to work. And this is what Paul is saying. You have people of the world that don't love God, don't believe in Jesus Christ, always clowning on Christianity, but yet, you're going to be forced to, you're going to force yourself to yoke yourself with people that is not of your kind. Listen, the Bible says in Genesis, when God even created things, he told, he says, let the, let the trees or the herbs, let, let the vegetation bring forth of its sign, every seed bring of its kind. So listen, 
And we ourselves, we got to bring forth of our kind. What do we look like yoking together with people who have no kind of comparison to us? They don't like the same things. They don't love the same things. They're not walking in the same way. They don't have the same ideas. They don't have the same concept. And they and we're forcing ourselves to yoke with them. Paul says, don't no longer yoke yourself unequally to these individuals. They're not equal to you. You're not equal to them. And what we have found ourselves doing is forcing ourselves to keep friends. Oh my God, from Zion. We are forcing ourselves to keep people in our lives. For what reason? For what reason? The Bible says light and darkness. We should be able, light should be able to see darkness. Darkness, the Bible says, comprehended not the light. So how is it that we getting along? What is causing us to get along with people who are not saved? I know some people are going to click off of here right now because they're starting to see some stuff. They're starting to see some people who they got in their life and they feel like, oh, but we got to show the love of God. I'm not saying you don't supposed to show the love of God, but you don't supposed to camp out there. Jesus says when he sent those 70s out, he sent those disciples out into them cities and he says, take the peace to the, to those houses. But if they don't receive your peace, then he says, watch this, shake the dust off your feet, go to the next town. He didn't say camp out there. He didn't say try to force something on them that they didn't want. He says, move yourself from that. We make the mistakes of always trying to be there longer than what we supposed to. Watch what the Bible also says too. To be a friend to the world is to be an enemy to God. I didn't say it. It's what the scripture says. It was, it's what God says. You can't be friends with God and then be friends with the world. Why? Because the world don't like God and God don't have a like for the world. Why? Because the world chooses to be disobedient to their creator and their maker. The world wants to write all their creator and maker. They want to erase him. And now we're going to be friends with them? No, we can't be friends with them. Well, we can eat with them. We can party with them. We can do it. No, you can't. No, you, no, listen, it may be good for you, okay? It may be good for you. But if you're going to serve God, how do I look like having two enemies as my friends sitting to the same dinner table with me? Something's bound to happen. Okay, ain't nobody going to say nothing. Something's bound to happen. What I look like inviting my friend, my friend that I know has a deep hatred for my other friend, and I invite them to the same party of my house with my company. It's something's bound to go down. And this is the same thing with God and the world. Okay, let's go a little further. Let's get, let's see how deep this thing is. Watch what it says here in 15. And what uh, Concord, Concord has Christ with Belal. Or what part have he that believeth with an infidel? In other words, here's what that Concord means. What what would Jesus do in making peace with Satan? Okay, wait a minute. <laughs> what agreement that Christ has to make with the devil? And the infidel is one that is a is a word that is an insult to those ones who don't believe in the true religion you live. So it's a it's a it's a word that basically uh, 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 is rendered to 
a person who does not believe in your religion. So why would Christ even make peace or make arrangements or an agreement with Satan? So here's the deal. What? Why would we do it? What, what would we what would we do? What, what are we getting out of it? Hello, somebody. How are you going to make peace with somebody who defiantly wants you gone? Listen, and Satan, the scripture says, Satan is coming to steal, kill, and to destroy. So how is it that Satan has children, okay, and and is trying to hook his children uh, and connect his children up to us? If that being the case, why is Satan connected? Not to be friends. Satan is having his children to connect with us to fulfill the mission, that is to steal, kill, and to destroy and some tares we have yoked to us, they're stealing stuff from our lives. They're making availability for Satan to destroy us. And so now we get these friends that take our time that we should be praying. We going out goofing off with them. The times that we need to be fasting, we going off goofing off with them. The time we ought to be studying, we going off goofing off with them. And we let them tell us, oh, you ain't always got to be um, doing stuff for God. You don't always got to be praying. You don't always got to be going to church. You are always going to a revival. You are always going to, we always get these friends in our lives that causes us to, to, to disconnect or detach ourselves from our duties that God is calling us to do. Lord have mercy. I can't finish all of this today, but I'm trying to. I'm Listen, the Bible says if we do not take care of our homes, we are worse than an infidel. We are worse than an individual who denies the faith. Good God. Worse than them? Who don't believe that this is true religion? Worse than them? Worse than them. Listen what the Bible says. And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them. We are the temple, not just of the Holy Ghost, but of God. And God dwells within us. What does the temple have to do with, watch this, with idols? Now, I want to go here. Listen, beloveds, I want to go here because y'all got to see this. Lord have mercy, Jesus. I want to go to Samuel, 1 Samuel 5 and 4. 1 Samuel 5 and 4. This is how bad this is. We're trying to trying to, to share your temple with idols, okay? What, what, what does God's temple have to do with idols? They don't mix. God has the only God. He says he's a jealous God. He put Don't put no other God before him. You remember when the, the Jews lost the, the Ark of the Covenant? to the, uh, I believe it is the Amalekites, no, the Philistines. And the Bible said they took them and put 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 them in there with Dagon. Y'all remember that? Look, look at first uh, Samuel five and four. It says, and when they arose early on the morrow morning, behold, Dagon was fallen upon his face to the ground because the ark of the Lord, watch this. God say, I ain't sharing no rain with nobody. Watch this. And the he, the head, the head of Dagon and both the palms of his hands were cut off upon the threshing floor 
only the stump of Dagon was left to him. The Bible lets us know that God cut his head off and the joker feet. Hello, somebody. He cut him down to where it was nothing left but a stump. God is not sharing a reign in your life. Now, if we're the temple of God, watch this now. They took the Ark of the Covenant into this temple with this, this Dagon uh, idol they put up there. But listen, the Bible says God don't dwell in temples made with hands. He dwell in us. So what is it that we have in us that we're letting share reign with God? Oh, oh, Sister Erica. Oh, Sister Tina. Oh, Minister Yarde. Minister Yarde. What is it that we are having housed inside of this temple that we are allowing to share reign with God? God is a jealous God. He don't want no other God before him. And that God, that idol has to die. Listen, you can't idolize God and idol another God as well. What do we have in our lives that we are putting as an idol and letting it share reign with God in our lives? It can not happen. Heaven forbid if we're doing that. We cannot have two gods. Hello, somebody. Listen, we cannot share or have another God share with our God. Amen, somebody. Watch this. Oh, Jesus Christ. Watch this. Verse 17. Wherefore, come out from among them, be ye separated, says the Lord. Who said it? Says the Lord. And touch not the unclean things and I will receive you. Watch this. We're wanting to know. We wanting God to receive us. God wants to receive us, but there's a requirement for us being received. We cannot stay among these idols. We cannot stay among these gods. We cannot stay among unclean things. We cannot be touching unclean things. We cannot be friends with the world. Watch this, Sister Torrance. We cannot. There's a requirement. Now, there's not too many people want to teach this, this kind of a message because this kind of message make you lose folk. This kind of message calls you to, to seem like the bad guy. This kind of message like this will cause people to feel that you got something in your heart for other people. I don't have anything in my heart but love for other people. I have to give the message of God and the whole counsel of God, because if we're going to be with God, how we want to be with God, we want to live with God for eternity. Then we must know the requirements. And there is a requirement to living holy. The Bible said holiness without no man will see the Lord. So the requirements of God is the things that causes us to be able to see the Lord. And so we cannot remain in the same council. We cannot remain in the same company with unbelievers, yoked with unbelievers and thinking we're going to be called sons and daughters of God. He says, no, that's not happening that way. We got to come out from among them and be ye separated, says the Lord. I was sharing this with somebody. I think it was my, my, my brother in the faith. I think it was Pastor Paul I was telling this to. And I said to Pastor Paul, I said, listen, God knows how difficult this thing is. Oh, he know it ain't easy. 
He know it's not easy. You coming out from friends you used to be friends with for a long time. He knows it's not easy. You separating yourself from a life that that's all you knew. He knows it's not easy breaking away from a system that you were operating in for a long time. Y'all not hearing me. God knows it's not easy. But you know what that proves to God? That proves to God you love him more than you love that other stuff. It proves to God you want to be devoted to him more than you want to be devoted to the stuff that had you in prison. Oh, it means you mean God all the way. Oh, my God from Zion. <laughs> Lord have mercy, Jesus. <laughs> Boy, they called my God. I hope some of y'all clicking off because y'all got to go to work. <laughs> no. That's my prayer. I hope you clicking on because you got to go to work. Listen, beloveds, but I'm sharing with you that it shows your devotedness to God. That's why God says my grace is sufficient. My strength is made perfect in your weakness to, to Paul, because there was some things that was really actually pressuring Paul because Paul was trying to be faithful to God. There was some things that was poking Paul in his flesh because Paul was trying to be as devoted as he could to God. Am I talking to somebody on this live? I'm pleading with you, my beloved brothers and sisters. I'm pleading with you to understand that the requirements that God is requiring you, it must be met. The standards of God that he is requiring, it must be met. You're not going to be called the sons of God because you dance in a building. You're not going to be uh, sons and daughters of God because you're praising and you're uh, cheering on what the pastor and how he's bring what the pastor is saying and how he's bringing it cross to you. You're not going to be called the sons of God and the daughters of God just because you think you understand kingdom. If you do not live kingdomly, if you have not separated yourself to be kingdom, then you are not sons and daughters of God. The requirement of being sons and daughters of God is coming out from among the company that God says is bad company. That's, that's what I should have named this bad company. This is bad company. And this company is corrupting your good manners. Hello, somebody. It's corrupting our good manners that when we would be spending time with God, now we're spending time with doing nothing. And then when we have something going in our lives, now we want to spend time with God. But most of the time we were spending, we're spending with that bad company. Listen, beloveds, stop allowing. We have to stop allowing this, this bad company to corrupt our our good manners. I'm going to come back tomorrow and we're going to finish this up tomorrow. Good God Almighty. This right here? Oh yeah, this is the real deal. This is the healthy teaching. And if you can stomach this, oh, what God will allow you to accomplish in your life. If you can take this and not be so hostile in your reaction to it, listen, you're going to do some great and mighty things. My God from Zion. Listen, beloveds. We thank you for being on this broadcast and hearing this. We thank you for all that you do. We thank you for giving me the opportunity to minister the gospel of Jesus Christ to you in your life and sharing this great message. Share this with somebody. They might not like you at, at first when you're sharing this because it goes against a lot of other people's principles and values and what they think they know. But I just want you to know that God is willing to uh, to, to save them if they want to be saved. Hello, somebody. Again, I say unto you, whosoever will, let them come. 
whosoever will, let them accept this. But if they don't want to accept this, we can't force this life on anybody. Listen, beloveds, we are desiring that you would be a help to our ministry and help us to do what's needed to be done in the faith. So if you want to, you want to be a blessing, you want to be able to help us to do what we are doing and bringing this healthy teaching to the nation, we ask that you will be a blessing to us however God leads you to. Amen, somebody. We have our way of giving on here. You can give as you want to give of any amount. We are just appreciative of whatever you give. Listen, but it's not about this. As Paul says, listen, if if this is going to cause you not to receive the gospel, then please don't so, but take the gospel with you. Are you are you understanding me? We're not forcing anybody to sow into this ministry, but we would desire you to help us in your giving to this ministry. But if this is going to stop you from getting the gospel, don't give us take the gospel. I'd rather you get the gospel, be saved, be in a relationship with God with no hindrances than you have to give and it frustrate you and you receiving the gospel. I love you. And I want you to be able to do what God called you to do. God bless you, beloveds. We love you. Uh, God's will, life lasts. We will see you next time on this, this particular broadcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for tuning in. We thank you and we'll see you on God's great day tomorrow. God bless you and you have a wonderful, wonderful day.